Hey, you guys see that naked unicorn over there? Ow, I'm so naked. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city, and this is Jam Hot. Welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast, hosted by Jason Sorotin. All right, it's Jason Sorotin with the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I am here with Greg Vassar from MBI, uh, which is Media Brokers International. And I wanted to have Greg on the show today because I think there's so many misconceptions with what media buying and media planning is. And so let's start off very basic, Greg. How long have you been in the media business and media buying and planning? And what is media buying and planning? Sure. Or planning and buying is probably the correct Planning order. and buying, buying and planning, either or. But uh, first of all, thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Love talking with you guys. And uh, we've certainly had a great relationship over the years and for done sure. a lot of business together. So this is a really cool opportunity. So thank you. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess in the simplest form, media buying is the nuts and bolts of advertising. It's It's taking a creative message and getting in front of the right people at the right time in the right context and hoping that those people act on the message and buy your product or service. So what makes somebody like not legit in the media buying space? Because there's so many media buyers in general from like a production aspect kind of have like a bad rep. And like... Yeah, I I, I, I guess I could see that. There, There are... A lot of people out there who maybe um, uh, misidentify themselves. If if they're not technically a media agency, they might represent a specific media outlet, but purport themselves to be a media agency, quote unquote. Um, but I think um, you know if 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 an agency doesn't have a, a very strong interest in your product or service or your space and is not interested in learning everything there is about your product or the space that exists, you know, that your product exists in, that's a huge red flag. Um, I think um, a good agency really wants to know everything about your business, uh, everything about your competition, um, and wants to elevate your business. And it may not even be so much related to media in general, just about helping your business succeed, you know, as a whole. Um, You know, if if you come across an agency that doesn't necessarily have that that desire, that's probably a a big red flag and you want to look elsewhere. So like somebody who just like is in it for the money and doesn't really want to learn about what your product offering or service offering is. It's critical to understand, um, you know, everything – about your product, everything about your service, everything about the industry that you exist in. Um, otherwise, they're just trying to sell you, you know, a TV ad or so a, how a print you, ad. <laughs> has, like, so let, let's take a product that we've both worked in. So we've worked together on the TheraVent account, sure. um, which is an anti-snoring device. We worked on that for like five years together. And it's like, so what kinds of things do you have to know before you go in to plan something like selling a snoring product? Well, you really should dig into, you know, the entire sleep industry, understand, you know, what what the challenges are, 
you know, what, um, what the, the companies who are selling a certain product in that space are doing, how they're approaching it. Um, you know, you want to just, uh, you know, understand the culture um, of the company or, or the, you know, the, the, the comp- brands that exist in that space and just really immerse yourself and learn everything there is to learn, really. So, so what do you do, like, if the client comes in and is like, our target demo is blank, right. and then, like, they're totally wrong. Yeah. That, does that happen? And, like, sure. how do you deal with that? Yeah. I and mean, why is that important? It's important because, obviously, you want to get in front of the right people. To, you know, if you're not <laughs> targeting the right people, you're not going to be able to sell the product. So, yeah, I mean, I think going back to your original question, a good agency is going to push back a little bit too, challenge your ideas of what, you know, uh, constitutes a target market or a space, you know, uh, help, help you, um, you know, find new markets or new avenues of, of selling. And if they come to us, if a client comes to us with a specific demo target, uh, and it doesn't align with our own research or what we've seen with other clients. Um, we absolutely will, you know, go back and and say, hey, I think we need to look at it in a different way. What kind of tools do you use to like make those de- some of those decisions? Because there's no way you have all that information in your of head. Of course not. Sure, and we're working with a team of people. It's not just one one person making the decisions at our agency. But um, but yeah, we have Nielsen. Uh, their full suite of products, MRI, um, you know, a uh, host of other products, Media Radar, Kantar. Uh, and what kind of information do they give you? Like they give you like yeah. household income and, and what else? But also about trends, you know, okay. trends in industries. Um, What's an example of a, of a trend? Like let's, you, let's stay on the snoring path. Sure. Like what would you look for? I would look for, um, you know, Prevalence of snoring, obviously that's an, that's an easy one, but but maybe um, just you know what are things that other companies have tried to to tackle snoring. Wait, so you can see what other companies have done? You can get that information too. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, absolutely. You can you can see com- competitive space and um, then take that information and dig in a like little what bit kind further. of information can you get about like what your competitors ran on the air and stuff oh like yeah that? sure you can absolutely find out what they're doing in the media space uh, the TV ads they're running the digital ads they're running how effective they were can you find um, that information out you can make inferences if you see that they're investing in certain areas more heavily than others you can certainly make that inference that that those media vehicles are working better for them because they're investing more heavily in those areas. Um, you know, you never know a hundred percent. You're never a hundred percent sure, but you can make some pretty educated guesses based on the information that you are presented with. So I, I've been hearing a lot about how you know TV is changing and evolving, and it's on its way out, and digital ads and blah blah blah. Sure. What is the expert take on what is happening in TV? Are television commercials as valuable as they used to be? How is it evolving? Well, it's um, it, it's definitely evolving. Um, the TV industry is, is challenged in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think the challenges arose with recording 
and being able to time shift when you watch programming because that gave people the ability to fast forward through commercials. Um, but I think we're at a point now where people are even cutting cords entirely. You know, they are moving to uh, different ways of consuming content through video. And a lot of those um, consumption vehicles don't have advertising. Netflix obviously doesn't have a, uh, an advertising model. Uh, it's 100% subscription. So, um, yeah, the TV, the TV business is, is definitely um, challenged. However, there's still uh, an enormous amount of people consuming television today, even if they haven't cut the cord entirely or, um, you know, they may still use DVRs, but, you know, an enormous amount of people consume television uh, and still watch the major network, the broadcast networks, still watch all the major cable networks. Um, so to just discount it entirely is a mistake for, for marketers. Uh, they still need to take TV very seriously. And, you know, we've seen with our own clients that, um, you know, if, if you have a mass appeal product or service, uh, nothing still compares to the reach of television. Um, so it's still extremely important, but I think over the next five, 10 years, um, there's going to be major shifts and we just have to make sure we're on top of those shifts. And when I first heard this term, I had no idea what it was. I think I was in a meeting with a client and I heard the term OTT and I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? Right. What is OTT? So like over the top, like it's Roku, it's... Yeah, it's, it's basically getting um, TV content from other sources other than a traditional cable or... Uh, and so you put ads on like Hulu or, or whatever? Well, yeah, sure. You can absolutely run ads on Hulu um, or through Slack or other... Um, or Sling, excuse me, Sling. Um, I was like, you can run ads through Slack? Holy shit, <laughs> I had no idea. I'm on exactly. Slack all day. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it's still, um, it, it's, um, it's an industry that's still evolving. Um, you can buy connected TV content, uh, it, it, connected TV advertising um, against content. Uh, but, you know, if, if you consume a lot of, television through those platforms, you'll understand that you you see the same ads over and over again. Oh, it's so annoying. Exactly. Oh so my God. Why would you still ever not want- to scale. Yeah. Right, even though your show, so you'll, you'll, you'll watch a show, maybe it's on, um, you know, the NBC.com app on Roku or something like that. And you end up seeing the same spot over and over again. And by the end of it, you hate the product. Yeah. Like what yeah, is the, what is the- like, so I think like, it's um, unfortunately maybe a combination of not, not buying it properly, not putting frequency caps on the buys, um, but it's also a function of just not enough, you know, new advertisers filling the filling the space. And that and that brings up a good point. You say frequency caps. I was just about to ask about like how important is reach and frequency and what does that mean for people who don't know? So it's, it's extremely important, uh, especially when it comes to traditional media, um, particularly TV and radio. But you're, what it means is that you're reaching a certain amount of the pop, your target population, your target market, uh, a certain number of times. 
and that, um, you know, the theory behind it goes that if you're meeting certain targets, then you are reaching your audience properly and that you are um, giving them enough time to consume the message and then and thus act on the message. Um, you want to make sure you're not fall- falling short of reach frequency goals because then you're really potentially just wasting your advertising dollars. Um, and if we feel, and we'll be honest with our clients, if we feel that they don't have a budget uh, that could sustain proper reach frequency goals on television or on radio or other vehicles, we'll tell them and we'll look at other avenues to reach their target market. But yes, reach frequency is extremely important when it comes to television, when it comes to radio, and um, you want to make sure that you're you're achieving those those goals properly. And how many times, like for reach and frequency, like how many times does somebody have to see an ad for it to be effective? The general theory is at least three, three to four times. You know, you want to make sure that they're seeing the ad at least that many times. Um, because often, you know, you may see an ad, but it doesn't sink in. So the theory is at least, you know, three to four times of seeing a message, you'll that eventually sounds act expensive. on it. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, as a general sense, maybe. Um, but there are ways of, of, um, of achieving those goals in less, less expensive areas. And expensive is very relative to, like, who you're talking sure. to. So, like, that, that's a question we get asked a lot is, how much does a TV ad cost? It, well, how do you answer such a generic question? It, yeah, it's, um, it can cost as little as five bucks, depending on the network or the, or the really? avenue. If it's direct response and if you are, you know, if you don't have very specific day park goals or, you know, you're flexible and when it runs, sure, you know, you could buy, uh, you know, it's not going to run on CNN or, or Fox News, you know, it'll run on a third tier cable, ne- national cable network. If you're paying five bucks, that means nobody's going to see it, right? Well, for one ad, pro- yeah, it's, it's pro- it likely has a limited audience, but the advantage, and, you know, I'm throwing a $5 rate right, out there. Right. It's not well, like I was just that thinking about buying a bunch of ads <laughs> now if they're five bucks. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> um, but, but that gives you the ability to run a whole lot of them, you know what I mean? So, um, and that combined with running, you know, efficiently on other networks is going to help you you know, reach certain goals. So let's say I wanted to run a TV spot for Entertainment Creative Group, ECG. Um, would I, uh, could I buy $5 spots? Like if I gave you- like, Depending on the time of the year, depending on your, you know, how, if, if you don't necessarily care what time it runs right. or- Four in the day. morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely. We could buy you, we could find areas <laughs> to buy those Why do I have to make for? an investment? I just want to be on TV. That sounds exactly. awesome. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so- when, when you're, when you're, and you guys also do, it's not just TV, you guys buy oh, print. Oh, sure. Yes. Like what, yes. tell me all the things that media brokers. All forms of media. Um, you know, uh, I would say television, radio, and programmatic digital are, are uh, the biggest source of, you know, print media our, our still media exists. investments. Print does, sure. Yeah. And it, like people are buying it still? Yeah. Yeah. And is you know, it effective? For certain, it is. You know, if you look at the effectiveness of an ad, um, you know, on a pure, you know, you look at a print ad versus a TV ad versus, you know, a banner ad, print ads work 
exceptionally well. The problem with print is that not a lot of people are are consuming print media. And you can't track it. Well, you can't track it if there's no coupon attribution right, right um, component to the ad, absolutely. Um, same is true for, for other forms of traditional media. I think that's what's challenging the industry the most as well. But... Um, but no, I mean, f- for a certain demographic, for uh, you know, a certain certain KPIs, print media still makes a lot of sense for for a lot of clients. Is print media expensive? It can be. You know, I th- uh, the biggest challenge with print and why you can't necessarily buy it um, as inexpensively as other forms of media is because there's a a, a physical cost to printing the paper and binding it, etc. So, um, but you could take advantage of remnant opportunities. Often, uh, if an advertiser buys a page, that leaves uh, another position open that, you know, needs to be sold in order for the publication to be printed. So often the uh, print vendors will sell that remnant space uh, at deeply discounted rates. Why so much junk mail? Like who reads that shit? Does that work? You know, it's, um, we don't, I, I will admit that we don't do a lot of, of direct mail, um, but it does work because it's taking advantage of the same principles that any other form of media take advantage of. And that's, um, it, it, it's a numbers game. You know, if you sell, if you send out, you know, a million pieces of mail and a small percentage act on it and, that's enough to sell your product and recoup the cost of the advertising, then it's successful and people will continue doing it. So um, it's effective if, if you keep getting, you know, pieces of mail in your, in your mailbox, I'd say it's still pretty effective. They literally immediately go from my mailbox to the trash. Exactly. To the recycling bin. Recycling bin. Right, Hopefully right, exactly. Recycling yeah, recycling exactly, exactly. So what is, what is, the best part of your job? Just um, working with clients, you know, um, and, and seeing the result of, of the hard work that we're putting into our, our clients' business and seeing, you know, their business succeed. They, there's, you know, I think a great example is their event, you know, both of us working on this account together, they didn't even have any retail distribution and just growing it to a point where, we were selling direct on the site to then gaining, you know, a small footprint at CVS, growing that to a full national footprint, and then helping them gain distribution at Walgreens, Rite Aid, Walmart, et cetera, and just seeing the brand grow. And then to acquisition. That's, that's my fa- exactly, exactly. So that, that's, that's a really, real win. It really is. That feels yeah. good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I wish they would have stayed around. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I mean, and that that's a function, you know, a company wants to grow to be able to sell to a larger company yeah. and then those it companies happens. tend to have relationships in place already and but um, but we can use that success to hopefully get some new you know it's very cool some new clients so what so. is the worst part of your job what is the hardest most challenging part if somebody's out there going I'm really interested in media buying and planning what is the thing that you would warn them against you know I think um, I think the biggest challenge, in dealing with certain companies, and, and I, I, I see this with, with some of my current clients, is that 
there are people um, within their organization who don't necessarily believe in advertising. And they um, are, are very hesitant to invest in advertising. And usually it's because they attribute their own media consumption to the rest of the population. They don't feel that advertising affects their buying decisions. And so it must not affect anyone's buying decisions. And thus, there's no reason for them to, to you know, invest in a, in a manner that they really should or need to in marketing themselves. Um, and and uh, it's very hard to, um, to convince folks who have that attitude that that's actually um, not the right attitude to have that how do you how would you convince somebody like is it data i mean because it's the data, data probably sure. tells the story right and honestly you know if advertising didn't work then you wouldn't have ads on tv or you wouldn't see banner ads nonstop you know when you're surfing the web or you know magazines wouldn't exist i mean obviously advertising works um, but do you sell billboards oh yeah how how does that work like do you buy the you buy the billboard for a certain amount of time? Yeah. And Usually people think that they're painted inc- on with like rubber it's cement. Vinyl. It's vinyl. Maybe some billboards are still painted, but no, it's um it's vinyl. Um but in a lot of cases now it's digital. You know, the ads are are giant L C D screens that can rotate between many different ads during the day. And um, you know, you can buy outdoor just like you could, you know, you could day part outdoor, you know, you can um, do a lot of interesting things with. And there's with, digital boards now. Right. That's, yeah, digital boards. That's day part? Ex- yeah, you can, yeah. What does want. day part mean? Basically buying blocks of time, you know, specific time during the day, not necessarily letting an ad run, you know, throughout the entire day. You're, you want to say, I want to reach people during, you know, rush hour. Yeah. You can do that with digital boards. Is radio still relevant? Very much so. Really? So it's, okay. it's challenged just like every other form of traditional media. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's positioned, it has a, a better position than television because uh, people consume radio in their cars on their way to work. And captive. Audience, it's a captive right? audience. Um, there aren't DVRs with with radio that you know you can fast forward through commercials. I mean, you might switch the channel, but that was that's always been the case with radio. Um, and you know, it, it, it's still a huge reach vehicle um, for mass appeal products and services. So, if I have a TV commercial, a radio commercial, a print, programmatic. How do I get in touch with you to make that, to help me figure it out? Well, you can give me a call <laughs> um, or send me an email and absolutely. Well, what's your email chat. address? How can people reach you if they want to buy me? My email is gvassar, G-V-A-S-S-A-R, at media-brokers.com. My phone number is 678-514-6214. And I'll tell you, Greg, Greg's one of the best media planners and buyers that I've ever worked with, and I've worked with a lot of them. Most of them are not as skilled and learned as Greg, so I highly well, recommend I that, giving them a call. Uh, they're really awesome. And, and Greg, why should people advertise? Let's leave them with something positive. 
Why should they advertise? Well, if you want to sell your product or service, um, unless you have millions of friends, <laughs> then um, then you really need to advertise. I mean, it, 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 I don't know of many businesses that can afford not to. And what's the URL for Media Brokers if they want to learn more about Media, media Brokers? Media-Brokers.com. So Greg Vassar, Media Brokers, media-brokers.com. Greg, thank you very much for and joining thank us thank you, today. Jason. Appreciate it. All right. Absolutely. Uh, next time on the Naked Unicorn Podcast, we're going to be talking about other cool shit. So stay tuned. Thanks. Ow, I'm so naked. <laughs>